You're listening to Tabiso Musea on the Station of the Year. Okay, but let's uh, talk boxing now. Uh, Jamie Bond, founder of Punch Perfect Boxing, joins us on the line all the way from London to help us look back at Makabu, Badu Jack, as well as Fury and Jake Paul. Jamie, good evening. Thanks again for being able to speak to us in South Africa. We really appreciate the time you always give us. Thanks as always to be so. It's great to join you. Thanks. What were your thoughts on Makabu versus Badu Jack ahead of the fight? What did you think would happen? I thought, you know, Badu Jack down at super middleweight and even at light heavyweight earlier on in his career did have a little bit of a suspect chin he was always incredibly durable but he did get hurt a lot by a lot lesser punches than makabu but makabu hasn't been incredibly active over the last couple of years he's obviously aging as well hasn't necessarily looked great in his last few performances as well so i did think that perhaps makabu might be too strong but the fight played out brilliantly it was a really entertaining fight i think because both of them arguably lost their last fights you know many people thought makunu deserved the decision Mm. against makabu in his fight and also badu jack let's not forget on the undercard of joshua u62 out in saudi arabia he got a very lucky decision against rivera so i think people were perhaps expecting a worse version of both of them but we ended up getting a really fun fight with ultimately a uh, a very clear uh, and decisive winner which was good were you surprised that badu jack was able to put him down twice I was, and I think perhaps that's a sign of um, Alunga Makabu's age. Obviously, a couple of years ago when he came to the UK, he got hurt by Tony Bellew. But apart from that, he's he's always looked quite durable, Makabu. He's always been able to hold a shot. And Badu Jack, whilst he carries decent power, isn't some sort of monstrous puncher that you expected to move up to cruiserweight and necessarily carry that power. So I was surprised that he was able to hurt him on multiple occasions. That was actually his last loss before this one, Makabu, to Tony Bellew back in 2016. So what does this title do then for 39-year-old Badu Jack's career? I think it gives him an opportunity to make some uh, some final big bucks, potentially. Um, being with the WBC, you know, that division over here in the UK, we've got a lot of uh, cruiserweights in Lawrence Okoli that obviously holds the title. But outside of him, we've got Richard Riakpal, who's unbeaten. We've got Chris Billum-Smith, who's on the verge of a world title shot. And they're promoted all by Ben Shalom over at Boxer and Sky Sports. And they'd be more than willing to pay any champion a lot of money to come over to the UK and challenge for those belts so that could be an option let's not forget as well that you know Canelo Alvarez it wasn't too long ago that he was talking about going up to Cruiserweight and fighting Makabu would he fancy his chances perhaps in the Middle East for a lot of money against Badu Jack maybe you know I think there's a there's some options there for him to make some some good money whilst he still can and I was actually going to ask you about um, Canelo because there was talk of well we were told that he was going to fight Makabu last day it didn't happen Makabu ended up fighting um, the Rock uh, so 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 you still see Canelo trying to contest for this belt and why is that what is he trying to prove I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think Canelo's in a position now where he's pretty much achieved everything. You know, he's won world titles in multiple divisions. He's become undisputed. The last thing that would probably seem crazy for Canelo would be to move up to cruiserweight and win a belt. And when you look at those champions, you know, the cruiserweight division used to be that you were too small for heavyweight. Nowadays, it feels like a lot of them are just heavyweights in the making. You know, the likes of Lawrence Okoli will end up at heavyweight react poor the same. So I think, you know, looking at those champions, Badu Jack might be the only one that obviously has come from super middleweight, fought at light heavyweight. It's the only one kind of size-wise 
that might be an option for Canelo. And if he does fight Dmitry Bivol again and loses belts, he may be just looking at those divisions where you've got Arta Baterbiev, who's a monster at light heavyweight, Bivol, who's beaten him. Potentially the, the easiest route back into a world title and the one that makes history, because that's what Canelo likes to do, potentially is moving up to cruiserweight and challenging Badu Jack. And is it going to be a, ro a long road back for Junior Macabo? I think so. Um, I don't know kind of what the reports are out in, in South Africa and stuff about his future. But, you know, it's going to be very difficult to get back in line with the WBC now. I know that Sergei Kovalev and Tabiso Makuna are, are kind of in talks and, and that fight looks like it could be happening as well. And they would be next in line to challenge for that belt. So I think there's going to be a bit of a queue. So it now depends for Makabu. Does he want to continue with his career? Does he feel like he can get back in that mix soon enough? But again, like I was kind of saying with those British cruiserweights, so many of them need a name or a fight to prepare them for a world championship. And Makabu would still provide that. You know, he was highly competitive against uh, Badu Jack. I thought he won a lot of rounds. I thought he was leading for a large portion of the fight as well. So I think there are still some options for him, but now it just comes down to motivation. And this wasn't even the main fight, uh, Jamie, because the tournament was headlined <laughs> by YouTube celebrity Jake Paul, who has millions of followers against Tommy Fury. And Paul went the distance with a professional boxer. What did you make of that and, and the outcome? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, quite the the circus but it did you know generate a lot of interest and a lot of eyes you know i had people asking me about this fight that i've never hear from them ask me about boxing before so there was the interest there tommy fury uh, his uh, his girlfriend and the mother of his child is very popular over here in the uk so i think a lot of the female audience were interested in terms of the fight itself i thought you know jake surprised me just how well he was able to hang with tommy i did think that if he was going to lose it could potentially be a case of he's just simply not good enough for that level but he showed that if you have a lot of money and you're able to get the best training, the best sparring and really dedicate yourself to it, you can kind of jump a couple of levels. You know, he would definitely beat most journeymen over in this country. He could maybe compete for a domestic level belt we've seen now. So it did impress me how he was able to hang. I just ultimately thought that after those first four rounds, that kind of round five, six, seven, I think he kind of lost his way a little bit. And that's where Tommy's class and experience and pedigree started to show a little bit. But fair play to Jake Paul for testing himself. You know, that's always been the thing that people have said against him is that he'll never test himself against a real boxer. He'll just fight MMA fighters. But he went and did it. And you know what? He showed he can hang with them. So, uh, yeah, for credit to Jake Paul. I was actually talking to Colin Nathan after the fight and he was saying he feels like Jake Paul has improved over time since he started boxing. Do you agree? A hundred percent, yeah. And like I say, it's obviously the benefit of having so much money that you can afford to get the best nutritionist, the best sparring, the best trainer. You know, he's been sparring with world champions. You know, Lawrence Coley, who I just mentioned, the cruiserweight world champion, he's sparred with him. You know, he works with BJ Flores, who used to be a cruiserweight champion. You know, he worked with a lot of good fighters. And if you can kind of uh, get that head start... He's massively improved. You know, the fact that Saturday night was even, Sunday, sorry, was even competitive says that he's improved. So, yeah, credit to him for applying himself. But what does it say about Tommy Fury? Because he was even dropped in, in, in this fight and some people think maybe the outcome could have been a draw. Where does this leave Tommy Fury now in his reputation? Yeah, I think for Tommy, you know, a lot of people, especially in this country, have kind of always doubted his ability. Um 
once he turned pro, he ended up going on a, a TV show here in the UK. Love Island. Island. So a lot, of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought he wasn't taking the sport seriously. He's kind of in it for the wrong reasons, kind of piggybacking off the Fury name as well. I think for him, it was ultimately a case of you probably should be stopping Jake Paul and beating him comfortably. He didn't beat him comfortably at all. You know, his nose was bloodied. He got dropped in the last round. Like you said, a lot of people thought it was close. One judge gave it to Jake. So, you know, he wasn't exactly convincing. And I think for Tommy now, he can probably still make a lot of money by rematching Jake or maybe fighting another big name like KSI or someone like that. But in terms of actual boxing... The money's not really there for him and he'd probably lose at an English title, British title level. So I think he'll probably stick towards this influencer YouTuber side. I hate to say it, but I did watch a little bit of Love Island when he was there. And that's where he <laughs> met Miss Morley, right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Love Island, that's where he met his girlfriend. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to serious stuff now, uh, uh, Jamie, while we have you on the line, what have you made or what has been re the reaction to what seems like a bizarre explanation um, by the WBC, if I understand correctly, that Conor Ben's positive doping test was as a result of eating contaminated eggs. Yeah, I mean, it's just over here in the UK, it feels like we're getting different updates every day. You know, we were told for months by Eddie Hearn and Conor Ben to wait for the WBC report. The WBC report comes out and now Conor Ben and Eddie Hearn are saying they're not happy with what's in the report. There's just so much going on. And to be honest, I think most people here in the UK have kind of decided that Conor Ben was cheating. Um, you know, the, there's reports that are saying it was contaminated eggs, but the WBC was actually reporting that it was the sheer number of eggs that ultimately contaminated the test. So there's so many things going back and forth. But I think the, the ultimate thing you have to look at is that he failed two drugs tests. And, you know, there's a lot of fighters out there that that happens to and they don't get given the chance to prove themselves innocent or they don't get the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, you know, uh, South African boxers, Alani Tete, won't be getting this much uh, support from, from governing bodies and from promoters like Eddie Hearn. So I think over here in the UK, people aren't too happy about the situation. And I think Conor Ben still has an awful long way to try and prove his innocence if he still believes he's innocent. So are they saying he ate too many eggs? Yeah, they're saying it's the number rather than the contamination, um, okay. which is just, yeah, I mean, it's up there with Tyson Fury blaming wild boar meat. It's up there with Canelo yeah. bl blaming horse meat in Mexico. You know, it's just like, it, it seems like they've Googled what could possibly uh, lead to a positive test and they've tried to run with that. But Jeez. yeah, it's just, uh, it's a confusing situation. But but despite being cleared, he... Uh, he's, he's responded, Conor Ben, and he raised a statement and he's not happy. So what exactly is he not happy with? He's not happy with the WBC report, um, which basically suggests it's the number of eggs and they don't necessarily clear you know clear his innocence in that he feels he feels that there are more reasons and there is contamination and there's there's more legitimate reasons for him being innocent and um, so it's funny that they told us to wait for this wbc report we waited for it 270 pages and now they're not happy with that report they're going back and forth with the british board of control you know currently he doesn't have a license in in britain so he wouldn't be able to box over here so i mean yeah it's just a just a confusing situation Jeez. okay jamie thanks for, again for being able to speak to us here in south africa thank you very much to be sir thanks guys do follow him on social media check out his youtube channel also founder of punch perfect uh, boxing jamie bond always up to date with whatever is happening wherever it is happening i mean he even knows our boxers uh, the rock tabby some 
Kunu and um, also uh, Zolani Tet. So I think is one to is, is one worth following and watching when it comes to covering the sport of boxing. He is the new breed of boxing reporters in the world. Jamie Bond, they're speaking to us. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to go over to KZN and look back at the Smiso Butelezi uh, tribute tournament. You're listening to Sport On, on the Station of the Year. King, how do you feel after this fight? Can I say Nzulu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is Nzulu Akulu. I'm going to say that I'm going to say Chabula Kulu, Pindangibi, SA champion. Bonum Sevens, Samni, Missel Sevens, Aranzima, Nomang Sakala, and Jobang Chimeli Tonga, Banks is Zilla for Chimela Corner, Elamon Vili, Sasuelin Dauk Jim. Because of the floods? Yes, mm. up until now, we were in corner, uh, as Vulele, and in the corner, equipment of Chima Senai, Skokele, cool. Yeah. And then for you, how was the fight, Mark? How was Batabila also? Oh, Batabila, Ubechimi, Ubelfuna and Pera Lipande, Seven Zilla, cool, but why go now? Would say Naming Gentling Seven Zingai for Ubele Pandilam. No, I seven zile and put some name seven zafire and went. No maga when I bang as good I and Angvelli a glue which I'll tell you because she's in seven zaranzim. Yes, but you're ready for Melissa. You call that Melissa? Yeah, Melissa. I still need my my APU pearls, mm. and she knows we say hey, we always. I always give a challenge, chasing funny challenge again. She always beats me, but she gisana le oprecha. I would say njalfuna le APU because gingi gilwelega kuli SA gifuna gena giluza. Now gisafuni APU, safunum challenge la for APU. I think APU ya mea Okay, there you have it then. SA Junior Pantamweight champion uh, Temazum after defending her title against Batabile Zikubu in what was a rematch. They fought last year in Gravel. Batabile was not happy. And then uh, Tema showed why she is the champion by winning that fight. Unanimous points a decision. And now, Melissa, I know you're listening. She's called you out, Melissa Miller. So give us a call if you want to respond. We'll give you a platform here to respond to Tema Zuma. So this was on Sunday at the um, at a tournament hosted by Starline Boxing Promotions in association with the Kesedan Department of Sport, Arts and Culture. It was at the Cecil Emmett Hall in Freyheit. And we were there as SABC Sport to cover the tournament. And we joined on the line by the promoter Zandile Malinga of Starline Boxing Promotions. Good evening, uh, Starline Boxing Promotions. Thanks for taking our call on SAFM. Good evening, Tobiso, and good evening to the listeners of SAFM. It's so good to be finally here. <laughs> Great. <laughs> How do you look back at your tournament? For those who were there, it seemed like a success. Were you pleased with how things went? Uh, I'm very pleased, Tobiso. I don't want to lie. Uh, I've been getting very good positive reviews on the tournament. Uh, people enjoyed, enjoyed uh, the boxing and the boxers. Actually, the boxers were the highlight of the day. They brought the house down. They entertained us. They showed us the art, the skill of boxing. So for me as a promoter, it's what we always want to achieve in boxing, for our fans to enjoy boxing. And uh, the boxers showed up and commemorating Osmiso Uganda And so it, it, I was more than pleased. 
I'm still happy. <laughs> and, and we just heard from Tema Zuma. I mean, you had a female fight as the main event. She defended a title against Batabeles Kubu. Is this a sign of the progress made by women's boxing that they are now head- headlining tournaments? I'm, I'm championing women in boxing here in Kaiser and Sabiso. And so for me to put that out was strategic to show, and it's on SABC, let's show what female boxing can be. And the art, the skill, it was a beautiful, beautiful bout of boxing. And people were in awe on how much our female boxers can deliver in the ring. And so it was beautiful. I I enjoyed it. Like it was a revenge fight because they fought on the 5th of June. Even then, they put up a a very beautiful performance. And so, um, yeah, it just showcased what women can do in the ring. Basabile looked good. Tema looked good in the ring. And yeah, they brought it. And it's just that Tema was like, you're not going to snatch it away from me. So she she worked extra hard uh, to retain her title. Well done to Tema. And by the way, folks, Batabele Zikubu is an author. She's got a book out and she's a teacher and she's also a boxer. Great story to tell. But as good as that fight was... How good was Mpendulo Kumede's win against Ntoni Potlubi? It was the main supporting part. For me, I think, I know it's early 2023, but I think for those of us who were there, it is a contender for fight of the year so far. How good was it for you? I agree with you, Fabio. I fully agree with you. Oh, I never, I've watched, I've watched Mpendulo before, but, and he once fought um, Ntoni And yes. so this one was the, yes, um, here in in Devon, but then he came out and showed us good boxing, the entertainment part. Um, he he made me think of the Ronald Malindis, uh, the Bongani Muelasas of boxing. Who, who if if you watch that uh, that kind of boxer, you are inclined to come back and to know who this boy is. And then you start being a fan of boxing. So he's just a draw card for, for boxing. And that is what we need. Uh, he was the whole world and talked the talk and he delivered and he was crowned um, the KZN champion. So I'm, I'm really proud. Um, I'm just happy that we have a guy like him to showcase what KZN can offer. Yeah, I remember the name, folks. Mpendulo Gumede is also a showman and he backs it up there. But also, Ntoni Poshubi, I think, also has a great fight, maybe in the wrong weight division. Uh, he's also coached in his corner by his dad, a former boxer, Paul uh, Baby Hake Ashubi. So uh, it was a really, really great fight to watch. And I'm not even making that up. And, um,. You, you you mentioned obviously uh, Zandile that it was also an important tournament in honor of the late boxer Kanda Kanda Butelezi. Why was it important for you? Uh, because you also had his family there ringside. Tabiso, Ukanda Kanda lost uh, his life after two days uh, after the WBF fight that I hosted in June on the fifth of June. Would remember who Kanda Kanda is. Kanda Kanda had uh, four fights, no loss. And that was his fifth fight. Technically, he lost the fight because of the technical um, issues around boxing. But it was just 22 seconds before he was crowned. He was supposed to be crowned with WBF because he was ahead on points. Unfortunately, the unfortunate incident happened. And then two days after, he lost his life. We look at Ganda Ganda 
the boy who 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 graduated on the 26th of May, just before mm. the tournament, and then he loses his life. He graduated from the University of Zuland with a BSc degree in zoology and botany. And we always say that boxing is a poor man's sport. And look at this boy who was making strides academically in sport, and he was just a role model. If you hear stories about Uganda Ganda, you just know that this was a role model. This is what we needed. Uh, in boxing. Unfortunately, we lost him. And so we have to preserve that legacy of who Kandakanda was. And and then we, for me, it's about ensuring that the family is taken care of and the family knows that boxing people care. And so I, I tried hosting this tournament. It's been such a long journey. Uh, so eventually, I hosted it uh, on Sunday with minimal, minimal sponsorship, but it, it was there, it happened. And so I'm just happy. I'm happy that I delivered on my promise. And and you mentioned that he just graduated and obviously they were looking at him at home as the breadwinner. Um, have you been able then to assist the family over the past few months since uh, Butelezi passed away? I know you said at the tournament there's still more that you'd like to do with the right kind of support. Yes, um, at the funeral, at the funeral, they, we we gave much support. I will not speak the figures, mm. but we ensured that the the funeral is taken care of. As Starline and the CEO came in, and so many other people. Yes, the Department of Sport, and we also got uh, some funding from Rodney Berman and and, and co- colleagues, our colleagues from Houting, mm. who put in something. And as I'm saying with this tournament, we've just I, I received minimal, minimal funding. But out of that, I'm still going to give something to the family. I will not mention the thinkers again. But I felt that um, I did not do justice. It's not what was promised uh, by the leaders that be on the day of the funeral. And so if I still can get another chance, to host it, Tabiso, watch the space. I'm going to do it in honor of Ganda Ganda and do it perfectly well and line up uh, sponsors to change the life. Uh, yeah, Smith. No, that's really, really uh, good to hear. And and it was the third attempt at hosting the tournament, Zandile Maling, and you persevered. Uh, you eventually made it happen. But what were the challenges and how did you eventually deal with them and beat those challenges? Yo, Tabiso, uh, the challenge on, on, on the 18th of December, um, I, I had promised uh, the Zululand District Municipality to bring SABC, and SABC was on board, and then technically we just couldn't host the tournament. And so if you, it'll, it would have been the first time ever that a district municipality uh, funds a boxing mm-hmm. tournament. And so I had to deliver on my, on my promise to them. And so if that then did not happen, there was no SABC. And then I said, no, I can't. And then we negotiated on the date, another date with SABC. Unfortunately, then uh, the political or whatever atmosphere with Zululand, they pulled out. And yeah, basically it, it was that when I got the dates for the 18th of Feb uh, from SABC. And then it was like glitches. 
and I went to the Department of Sport. Unfortunately, they said we can't, we'll only give you accommodation and whatever sound system. But yeah, it's just, and so I had to scrape, uh, actually, I scraped to host the tournament. Yeah, no, and it eventually happened. Well done. And just as we wrap up, Always good to see the legend Franz Porter. He was also there, very happy with the with the tournament. And I spoke to him, and he was saying actually other promoters can learn a lot from you. Are you working closely with Franz Porter? I'm working closely with Franz Porter. Our relationship has been ages, mm. and he always says that he's amazed of my tenacity uh, because we are talking about more than fourteen or thirteen years ago. Uh, and then he left, and he comes back. He finds me still here, and and so for for us, it's the passion for boxing. Uh, he's a. I think our hearts are. We we share we share the same common values, and our objectives for boxing are similar, and so it's all it's all easy to work with. So yeah, he's my buddy. And so much more that we want to do for KZN. So, yeah, what's the space service? We'll be bringing so much more. And just, fine, just finally, it was actually my first time in Frey Hate. Um, doesn't look like a lot happens there in that town. Why did you decide to take the, the tournament to, to Frey Hate and to the people there who seem to be neglected by many? Uh, Smiso is from Edumbe, Edumbe, which is a local municipality in Zululand. So uh, we had to take it to Fryhead because Edumbe does not have a hospital. And so Abakulusi, another local which is closest to Edumbe, I think it's 85 kilometers away from Edumbe. And, and so I had to take it to Fryhead because of the neurology hospital. You know how boxing, how technical boxing gets. Mm. And so I had to weigh that because ultimately I wanted to take it to where Smiso was from and to get people from Edumbe closer to watch boxing and to see why their boy was so keen uh, on boxing. Okay, and I think it did a lot to boost some of the B&Bs especially because all of them were fully or most of them were fully booked uh, this past weekend because of the boxing. So there was a little bit of activity in Freya Hate. But thanks Zandila for speaking to us, Starline Boxing uh, Promotions and for honoring the late Smiso Butelis. Thank you so much, Tamiso. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, wonderful. Please. Please. You can host me again. Definitely. No, I will definitely host you again, Zandile Malinga. Starline Boxing Promotions there, uh, putting together the tournament. Okay, we're going to take a break. And who else was on the bill there? Now that I'm thinking of it. Oh, Innocent Mantengo was fighting, guys. Tycoon. He won. He won against um, Romeo. Romeo Makwakwa. But Ah, innocent, you were not convincing, my friend. I know you are, you are listening. You've got to have to step it up a little bit. From what we know of you, Tycoon, I mean, you won the fight, but I think you needed to just show us a little bit more. Uh, also, well done to Don, Don Juan van Yarden. Uh, he was fighting Nsako Miyambo, Miyambo uh, in the middleweight division. Miyambo was just looking for that big punch, the knockout. He was dominating uh, uh, the fight, and he was, I think he was way ahead after the first five rounds. And then I had Vusim Tolo in the corner telling Don Juan, Go for it now, boy. You need a knockout to win the fight. And he knocked him out. like in the, uh, He put him down in the first 10 seconds of the final round. And then he knocked him out. And, and he won the fight. 
Don Juan Fanyarden. So well done to him and his corner there. And uh, Colleen also, uh, who was part of the team there, uh, supporting Don Juan Fanyarden. And I heard he wasn't even well before the fight, but he didn't tell his camp and he went on to fight their great, great comeback. So those were some of the fights that we saw there in uh, Frey Hate. You're listening to Tabiso Mosea on the Station of the Year. Okay, and we are still talking boxing and we're joined on the line by the acting CEO of Boxing South Africa, Mr. Eric Sitole, uh, just to discuss a few matters. They did put out a statement uh, last week, Boxing South Africa confirming uh, the suspension of Jay for Joy, a boxing promotions who were... Obviously, after that uh, fiasco that happened with Floyd Mayweather last year, eventually he didn't come, but also the tournament did not take place. CEO, good evening, and thanks for taking our call on SAFM tonight. Thank you. Um, firstly, you were at the tournament in Freyheit last weekend. We just spoke to the promoter now. How was the tournament for you and also just the occasion of honoring Smiso? No, the tournament went, went very well. Um, to the great tournament, it was our essay, uh, the, the late uh, Kanakanda. Mm. Um, uh, I think in, in our discussion with the sponsors or the municipalities around the area where Kanakanda was born, they want this to be an annual event. So we are hoping that it will continue the next year so that his name may live forever in, the, in boxing. Yes, and, and we were able to speak to his trainer last year, Skeleton, and he was grateful for the support that they received from Boxing South Africa during that period, and the promoter has also confirmed that there was a lot of support from Boxing South Africa after his passing. But do we know exactly what what eventually led to his passing, CEO? There was a report uh, that uh, has been delivered to uh, SA. Uh, remember that we instituted uh, independent investigation mm. uh, by our own chairperson uh, of medical committee, Dr. Selete. That report has been sent to the office um, of, of the minister to have to be cast in parliament, and then thereafter it can be shared with different uh, stakeholders. So far, the report has been concluded. Has been shared with the office uh, to check our parent uh, department. And if you so we can be close for now, uh, the, the, the findings uh, or, the, or whatever that is part of your report. Mm. Uh, but, but have you been able to share it with the family at least? Yes, 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 definitely. We did go and meet with the family in January. The report was discussed with them. Um, I think they were comfortable. Uh, the report and the findings and the recommendation from the independent committee to PSA. Mm. So, so far, we, we are aligned and we are one with family. And just as the boxing community, what lessons then do we take from this tragedy? I don't know if we can prevent these things from happening or how do we put prevention measures in place? We have to strictly ensure that the regulations are followed uh, to the teeth. We don't have to compromise. And what we want to do going forward is to make sure that uh, this will require the provincial departments to assist us, especially the Department of Health, provincial levels. So each boxer, when you do a registration, you must go. 
Ooh, I think we've just lost the CEO there. Apologies for that. He was just telling us about how uh, the proper regulations need uh, to be followed in future. When I was asking him about what lessons can we take from the passing of Smiso Mutelezi. Okay, we've got a... We'll take a break. We'll try and reconnect with the acting CEO. Apologies. We do understand the times that we're living in now with the electricity challenges that lead to network challenges as we've all been experiencing. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, we've got the CEO on the line. Sorry, CEO, we just lost you when you were just saying that the lessons we can learn is just to follow the regulations. Yes, and I said, going forward, we want to implement uh, the recommendation and uh, from the committee that was dealing with the tragedy of Smithland. Maybe going forward, we need to have a city scanner, each boxer that is joining boxing, whether you are renewing annually, you must go for a brain scan or city scan. We must have it in our files, SPSA, so that we can know. Maybe when you were joining boxing, you had an injury or the injury developed through or during your career in boxing, and it must be monitored. So that's not going to be implementing. But also we are trying to, uh, to have partnership with universities. Because now we have realized we need to go and back on a journey to prevent injuries in boxing. Uh, currently there are some developments. Good data at an advanced stage with universities of Zuland. We might be signing because what they're going to do, they will do research. Um, on, on, so I can find uh, uh, research-based solutions on how what can be done by boxing South Africa to prevent injuries and to increase performance of boxers in the ring. So those are the tools that we are going to implement in the year, year 2023-2024. Okay, good to hear, CEO. And then um, you released a statement last week where Boxing South Africa confirmed the precautionary suspension of uh, uh, the license of the promoter of J4 Joy after the tournament that was to be attended by Floyd Mayweather uh, failed to take place mm-hmm. last year. And it came after an investigation, like we were told shortly after that incident that we must just wait for the investigation. So what did you find or what, what were the reasons for the suspension? I think the reason that took place in December in relation to Joyful was just public. Um, we all saw what happened. There were media reports that were circulating, media statements, um, a lot of chaos. And that uh, brought to the, the name of Boston to disappear. So we said we're going to allow everything to uh, unfold and then thereafter we're going to call them. We, indeed, um, we met early in January, not with them, but with our legal advisors, and then we looked at the reports that were in front of us, and then we gave them the, a letter which was requesting to respond on why they should not be suspended, but we gave them the, the charges. For instance, these are possible charges. And then they responded. But, um, after they responded, the board felt they have to be suspended precautionary, and then they have to join us because we're going to be calling them uh, for a hearing. So there will be hearing taking place as soon as possible. But for now, they are no longer part of boxing, so they can't participate, they can't do anything in the name of boxing. They are just uh, uh, being precautionary suspended. Oh, okay. there, were, yeah. there were issues of, uh, you remember the, yes, the issues yes, of yes. fake money, to, the fake payment to yes. Floyd uh, Mayweather, the failure to pay international boxers and sanctioning bodies, um, and other things. Uh, for instance, um, uh, during the last minute, the tournament had to be cancelled uh, yes. because of these things that were developing, which was not disclosed to PSA. Mm. Yeah, so some of the reasons are, are those. 
Okay, so the reason that it's precautionary is because you want to give them an opportunity to come and give their side of the story and then you will take it further after that. Yeah, we, we usually give a precautionary story when we, when we see that the, the, the damage is huge and the, the name of boxing is, 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 is tainted. If we don't act, uh, there will be more harm, there will be more damage in the name of boxing. And then we usually say, in the meantime, in, in, in the best interest of the reputation of boxing, just sit down or just stay hold and let's deal with your matter properly, come and present yourself, and then from there, there will be a judgment. So we're still going to have a judgment coming from the disciplinary hearing, just like we did with the other promoter. Um, that's, that's, that's the route, or that's the procedure that is usually following PSA. Now, remember at the time, you had actually postponed the tournament twice, and I think there was also a letter of cancellation, but mm. at the last minute, you allowed it to go ahead for the third time, which didn't happen. Do you feel that you were misled, and that's why th- that was one of the reasons you let it go ahead for the third time? I, I think I've articulated it the tennis of people. Remember, the, the, the issue here was the team, the Zulu team, became the center of attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will remember that after we sent them a letter to cancel the tournament, we also got a letter from the team, the, the royal household, who said the tournament will proceed. I think it was on Tuesday. Now the letter was written by the king. So we had now to come in as PSA. Now protect, because now the king was involved, but the press money. But, and we thought when the king is involved, which means the press money, especially the PSA press money, will be paid definitely. They were the, and unfortunately, the best the were paid. It was on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, and the tournament was going to proceed on Thursday. But we didn't know that the the, the money for international boxers and other fashion bodies were not paid at that time. It only came uh, to light, I think, uh, around uh, Thursday morning that, ah, oh, finally, uh, we've got another crisis. The press money for international boxers. So someone somehow were misled. And uh, again, because of the involvement of the team, we had to accommodate the situation. Yeah, and just finally, we've got a message from Wandile Ntale Ntleziyanda, who who says, where do I get a refund for the tournament? Because he bought tickets and then the tournament didn't take place. Is that your responsibility? Is it the responsibility of the promoter? That the tournament didn't take place? Yes, and they had bought tickets for that tournament. The responsibility is that of a promoter. It's the promoter's responsibility to to stage the tournaments in line with boxing regulations. And when you don't do what we want, and we, as PSA, we have a right to do it. And and we did. There were no post money, I think, on the 9th of December. Uh, We're expecting them to be in our account. We cancelled the tournament, but the promoter pleaded to PSA and says, Allow us. Uh, The king is involved here. And we said, Evidence. And then we saw a letter. And it has ended from the king, and then he said, Let us try and then to be cooperative with the situation. Let us assist them. We had even to deploy Mandantanans with the authority to go and be with the promoters, I mean, the promoter and the manager to make sure that this thing happened. But we did everything that we could as PSA to make sure that the tournament does take place because now there was a king that was involved here. Okay, see, also the responsibility of paying the boxers now does it fall on you? Does it still fall on the promoter? It's a promoter. Fortunately, when, when the tournament was cancelled, the past money for other campuses were already in our account. So that, 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 that is no longer an issue. And um, there was also an agreement between international boxers and international functional bodies that 
even though the tournament was cancelled, but payments needed to be made. So as far as I know, those payments have been made to the international boxers. Okay, so oh, thank you very much for being able to take our call uh, tonight and just for giving us clarity on some of the issues that we've spoken about. Thank you so much, Tadis. Thank you, sir. Uh, Acting CEO of Boxing South Africa, Mr. Eric Nzikai Yesizwa Sitole, speaking to us there about a few matters. I know what you're thinking. More of a tricky situation. Also, we discussed it uh, last year, um, but um, we uh, did ask the CEO that we're going to raise this, and he believes that um, he because he's the acting CEO and we're going to talk about the issue of the CEO, it's only fair that maybe we put that, that question to the board or to the chairperson. So we'll discuss those with that with them when we do get an opportunity. But we do know that uh, there is a, co- a plan for Boxing South Africa to go to the Constitutional Court to challenge that latest decision after they were denied leave to appeal by the Labour Court. Okay, that's it from us. It's 8 o'clock. Time has flown by so fast. It's time for news. You can catch Liverpool and Wolves tonight on SABC 3 at 10pm. My name is Tabi Somosir. Independent and